The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I have 50 million things going on right now, including house renovations. So my brain is absolutely screwed, but other than that, I'm doing fantastic. We are on with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me. Hi, John. Hello. And you're in Sedona right now. Yes, I'm up in for the Sedona Film Festival up in northern Arizona, Red Rock Country. I absolutely love that place. I, used, I lived there while I was doing a television show uh, about three years ago, and I miss it like crazy. I was there for three or four years and just fell in love with the place. That's it. It's all still here. It's all gorgeous. You know, I'm looking at the sun on the rocks now, so. It's the most beautiful place on earth, really. Uh, I've heard that, yeah. It is one of, definitely one of them, if not the one. I, uh, so. As far as I'm concerned, second only to Tasmania. Uh, I haven't been there. Well, you're missing out. <laughs> it's, it's really I'll beautiful. I'll put it on my list. So what is going on in Hollywood this week? Have you heard anything about what's been going on? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I, you know, Kanye's $53 million in debt. Uh, that, that, is, that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Excuse I my language. That don't it's, understand it's just bizarre that, to me. That For is some reason, these people are in my news feed, and I don't want to know anything about <laughs> them, but I have to. Kanye's so. in everyone's news feed, especially after that F up. Yeah. I just don't get that. I, um, my I don't question know, is, you know, if you're 53 I went to, million I, I went to see in the, debt the, the and you believe in these damn mo- ideas movies, so much. If he's, that, if he's that in debt and he believes in these ideas so much, mortgage your house. Well, he's a genius. I I know he thinks he Just is. Ask him. I, I I get that. The problem is he's become such a joke that it's getting it's it's truly the situation's getting bizarre. And I've well, never I like had what Doctor Phil and Chelsea Handler both are chiming in on saying that this man's cracking up in front of everybody. So I I tend to agree. I you know I love Chelsea. She's a wonderful person, and I got to agree with her here. It it really it's a little bit heartbreaking and. I'm starting to feel sorry for Kim Kardashian, who, you know, I always thought was a mindless fame whore. Well, let's not get crazy. I mean, you know. I I do. I'm starting to feel bad for her because it's one thing to chase fame. It's another thing to have, you know, your husband lose his mind in such a public way. I mean, this isn't, you know, we're, we're past Tom Cruise jumping on the cushions here. 
we're talking about a man that is publicly asking for money. There's a GoFundMe to get money for him. It's actually making money. There is a GoFundMe for Kanye West. Well, it's, what, three grand? I mean, I don't think it's chipping away at that $53 mil yet, but... I, I'm just astounded that people would give this man money. I, you know, his album's failing. He refuses to work with iTunes. He's just... He's, he's insane. He's, and we're watching it, but there unfortunately. Are the, Whether we want to or not, we're watching it happen. So I mean, we're, we're surpassing Britney's meltdown here. This man needs to get these yes men away from him, and somebody needs to talk some sense into him and get no, him back to no. reality. I'm perfectly happy watching him melt all the way through the <laughs> earth. So, well, I, I'm starting to feel bad for him, and I have very little sympathy for anyone. So I think, you know, when I start to feel bad for you, something has horribly, horribly gone wrong. Well, maybe I'm just a little jaded, but, you know, maybe he can get some financial advice from his mother-in-law or the other mother-in-law. Yeah? There's a, he's, got, he's got two mother-in-laws, so. Um, but, you know, when it's, taken over, when it's taken over for the, um, the Jenna situation, I mean, <laughs> Kanye's, Kanye's lost it. The man's They're lost They're outdoing each other. I, I want to see what's next. I don't, do you, I mean, do you really, I don't think this is a publicity stunt. We're well past publicity at this point. No. Well, the, the guy's not very bright and he's, he's not too sane either. And it's now all Has anybody out, ever so. told him no? Has anyone ever said to him, this is a terrible, this is a, just a fucking terrible idea. No. Shut up. Obviously where, where not. Where is his publicist? Somebody needs to put a ball gag in this guy's mouth. Well, nobody's done anything to him. I mean, you've seen the way he acts on award shows. He just storms the stage and tells people this is not the way, this is not who wins awards. I think Beyonce deserves this. So, I'll, you know, it's just, uh, and, and what if they do, watch, they let him come back. Reruns, if you watch reruns of that, Beyonce's horror is amazing. Oh, well, yeah, anybody so would be. I, to be dragged into this by this man. She's horrified. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, who wouldn't be? So, uh, you know, he's, he's he, constantly has to pick on a skinny little white girl. Poor Taylor Swift. I mean, he's turning her. I, I just, this is a guy who's just weirdly obsessed with her. I, yeah, it's, that's, that's getting creepy. Now, Taylor yeah. Swift, interestingly enough, just gave $250,000 to Kesha. And I'm going to say something that's going to be very, very unpopular here. I've dealt with sexual harassment in my job. Um, I'm, I'm very young for my job. I'm 30 years old. I'm an executive. I was a Victoria's Secret model. They, you know, everyone still talks about that. So I, you know, I, I was, I've, I've dealt with a lot of sexual harassment. I've dealt with a lot of inappropriate behavior. I did have a very famous actor actually try and rape me. So this does happen. And they've turned around to Kesha and said, you know, they're not letting her out of her contract because she's trying to get away from the man that raped her. And I'm, I'm really, really shocked by this and really disgusted. And actually, Taylor Swift sent Kesha $250,000 towards buying her way out of her contract. And these women right. are starting to chip in to try and get her out of this situation. I, my assistant was, um, I, I've seen her be sexually harassed and some really horrible things quite recently went on with her where someone tried to blackmail her into sleeping with them. And no. this is my 23-year-old assistant. 
And well, I mean, I, the Kesha thing I got a question about because I, and I'm, I'm asking a question. I don't know. But didn't she bring the rape up when she started having trouble getting out of the contract? I mean, some, she, she some actually brought had, the rape up when he started to blackmail her with it to renew okay. her contract. Oh, At okay. At point, she went, fuck you. You know what? I'm not only calling the police about this. I shouldn't have kept my mouth shut in the first place. How many girls have you done this to? So what's wow. happened is she has only six more albums. She actually doesn't have a lot of time left with, with this company, but he was pushing her and using it to make her re-up her contract. Yeah. And that was the point that she went, fuck you. And yeah. I understand why she didn't bring it up in the first place. There's a reason I say I had a very, I had a very famous actor um, in another situation give me a black eye trying to force himself on me. And this is somebody who knew my, who knows people associated with my family. Like this is a person that I've bumped into in social situations, but he was so loaded. He had no idea who I was. Saw me three months later, was like, hey, Summer, what's up? Didn't even remember. So but there's a reason I don't bring up names. I mean, my, my close friends know who these people are. I think I've mentioned to you who one of these people was, but I'm certainly not going to say it on air. So yeah. I do understand those pressures. I do understand being told it's not okay to say anything. Um, I, with my assistant now, recently backed her and did something that's unheard of. I told her not to work with this guy. I'm not working with this guy. I've told a lot of people about it. And I said, if he brings it up again, sue the shit out of him. And that's, that's unheard of because my boss, and God rest his soul, I loved him when I first started, his first thing to me was, well, of course you're being sexually harassed. You're a pretty young girl. It's part and parcel. Get over it. Toughen up. Yeah. And I, I took the exact opposite approach with young girls that I've mentored and said, say something. But I understand why Kesha didn't. This was the very beginning of her career. And for the guy to use this and blackmail her into re-signing with this company, I don't blame her. Yeah. She's, she's, she's powerful enough and big enough now that you think it would make a difference. But that judge and Sony's reaction and Hollywood's reaction has really proven that it doesn't. I mean, just look at the Bill Cosby case. Yeah. That it's gone on for this long. And it's still the fact that this is still a part of our culture. You know, the, the Hollywood culture is, is terrible. Again, well, that yeah. being said... I won't expose the names of the people that have done things to me. I'm very lucky. I've never been raped. But it's come damn close, and it was by a major, major Hollywood actor. So, mm. Well, I just want to let you know all the beautiful actresses out there know that if they want to do anything inappropriate with me, I will keep my mouth shut too. See, and that is perfect. So John is saying if you're a gorgeous young woman, it is fine to sexually harass him. It's so fine. I'm staying in room 309 at Sedona uh, Highway 89, <laughs> and I'll be here through tomorrow. So, and I'll so be here pretty late. So, uh, exactly. And but, I won't say anything about it to anybody. And that's perfect. But yeah, in, in Kesha's case, I think that that kind of really hit me, just in a very personal way. And I usually don't get serious. I like a lot of joking around on the show, but I'm really pissed. Over that, I have to admit, I'm I'm angry. Well, it's, it's it kind of you know. I mean, I always hear stories like this of people on their way up and people who don't have voices. But finding, I mean, just about everybody we've talked about, everybody knows who they are. Yeah. I mean, these are big name people, and to you know, it's just a, it, I, I guess it's a 
<clears throat> it's always happened, but now that it's, it's coming out more, there's more accountability in the media anyway. Um, the, the, accountability, the accountability reeling. in the media is still bought, though. And what I mean by that is it's um, Luke, the gentleman that, that I'm not going to say gentleman, the man that did this to Kesha, has done this to other girls. Yeah. He, with her, he used it as a blackmail piece. And the fact that she still couldn't get away from him is, is really, really terrifying in a yeah. way. And... You know, I know that if I had brought it up when, it, when um, this A-lister had done this to me, I would have been fired. Yeah. So I'm glad in cases, like you have Janice Dickinson bringing up that Bill Cosby did this to her. That's, that's not some unknown actress looking for a moment of fame. It's Janice fucking Dickinson. She was the, the first supermodel. Yeah. These aren't, the, the people this has happened to and I'm hearing more and more about it. Um, I am going, I had a, a, an A-lister, big star, uh, turn around to me and tell me a long time ago that she was raped and she got her first job off of being raped. Oh, wow. Um, to shut her up. So, and I mean, this is, again, this is a massive A-list actress and I will not say it because she's a dear friend. Um, but it, it does happen and it's, I think it's gotten a little out of hand. So there is my feminist rant. We actually have one minute till break. I have, all, I, oh. I've, I'm, I'm angry. I just have to say I am, I am so fucking angry because I know so many people and not just women, this happens to men too, that this has happened to, and it's just fucking disgusting that this wow. is still going on. Come on, Hollywood shape up guys. Seriously. I, I just think as the bigger media spotlight gets on them, that more of this is going to come out and probably, I, I don't know if it'll ever change, honestly. I don't think it'll ever change. You can't have fame and power and money all that close together and not have stories like this. I, I agree, but I think Kesha not getting justice is a step backwards. I think it is. I think um, Bill Cosby not being held accountable, yes, publicly he is, thank God, but I, I think that's a step backwards. And I think until we, get, um, until we get some women, you know, Catherine Bigelow, who's a friend of mine, has stepped forward and, and talked about this. Sherry Lansing, who was a first female studio head, has stepped forward and talked about this. She was an amazing influence in my life. But she's, again, she's one of the people that says toughen up, but don't suck it up. And I, I find it interesting that this is now the attitude and God bless them for it. Gina Davis is another one. Her, I don't personally know, but she's been speaking out about this as well. And I find yeah. that very, very interesting that the women, the women that have been through this are now starting to get mad. And I like that. So there, there is my uh, feminist rant for the moment. We are going to go to break. We have uh, Greg Travis on who John actually suggested and I'm excited to meet and to talk to. Yeah. So he'll be on after the break. I believe he's been on SNL and all kinds of stuff. We'll introduce him when he get back. When he gets back, I'm Summer Helene. I had my feminist rant for the day. We are on with John Kessner, who you'll like better than you like me, and we will be right back on behind the scenes. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com 
Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. I have to give a quick shout out. Down, my hair still looks fabulous. I told you guys a story a while ago. I completely ruined my hair. Thought I was going to have to cut it all off and possibly kill myself since I've always had long blonde curly hair. And that kind of, you know, is one of the things people recognize about me. I go into David Andrews Salon in Palm Springs. He actually saved my hair. I was so, so grateful. So if you guys ever have a bad hair day, head on over to Dow at David Andrews Salon here in Palm Springs. He saved my butt. Let him save yours. Speaking of saving people's butts, we're going to get a little funny, get back to the topic and a few other things. We are on with John Kessner, who you'll like better than you like me. I'm Summer Helene. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. And we are on with Greg Travis. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, Summer. Just, uh, you know, a little touching on the points you were bringing up before. I, you know, have been having a little bad luck because of all this publicity and these certain Hollywood circumstances with uh, my dating technique. What I do is I wait in grocery store parking lots till it gets really dark. And I wait for a woman to come out of the store with a couple of bags of groceries, you know, walk into her car. And I just kind of casually walk over and go, I'm going to rape you. <laughs> just kidding. What's your name? So, um, <laughs> I, I can anyway, see that. I don't know. It's, uh, Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can see that backfiring terribly in this culture. Now, for those of you, you that don't know, Greg Travis is a comedian. He was You were on SNL? Yes, I did some short films for them and uh, 
HBO, Showtime, Evening at the Improv about uh, 15 or 20 times, and uh, all sorts of uh, talk shows, and yeah, yeah, we had a had a long run through the 80s and 90s, and uh, then I sort of transitioned into being an actor and a filmmaker, and I've been doing that for the last uh, 15, 20 years, so, uh, but I still do comedy every once in a while when they pay me enough. Well, that's 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 the number one rule in Hollywood, isn't it? Pay me enough, or I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. Well, yep, for, yep. for everybody else, I think I what is it? I literally, as a woman in my job, make one tenth of what a guy in my job makes. Well, I mean, you know, it's all about the numbers and uh, being able to pull, and you know, being a name actor or name comedian is, uh, you know, how you make the big money. And uh, you know, I was never like a huge name. I, I was a top headliner when I was doing it, and I, I do, I drew a little bit, uh, but uh, you know, the big names, you know, of course, can uh, kind of skate around uh, not having that great an act, but because their names are so big. They can draw in, and you know that's what makes them worth the big bucks. So. We're talking about someone that says "get her done." That—that's all I'm saying. That's what we're talking about. Not having that great an act and having a night, just saying. Well, <laughs> that's that's my two cents. What now? <laughs> Sorry, oh, when, when you started talking. Get her done. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah I that's that's when you now. said okay, not okay. having that great act, but having a name. That's that's all I heard. And a tag. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an awesome guy. I got to say that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a Do wonderful, you know what his real person. You know his real name is? It isn't Larry the Cable Guy. We. Thank you for no, saying no, that. No, 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 it's not Larry. It's Larry <laughs> no, something. I, I, no, absolutely. I know what it is. Do you know what it is, you know what it is John? Yeah. His name is Dan Whitney. Yes, yes. Dan I'm Whitney. Talking. That's right. Dan, yeah. Dan is a lovely man. Let's <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> but anyway, I know his real well, name. Well, you know, it's like funny because I used, to do, a, I used to do a southern character in my act called Doghead Williams, and he was just a good old boy. And he was very <laughs> similar to that character. And then I heard that he did the same thing. If he had a whole different act, and he did that one character in his act, but then they said, you know, that might be your ticket to, you know, your ticket to the big time. Just do that one character. Yeah. And so that's what he did. He stuck with that one Larry the Cable guy, and uh, that's what uh, really put him over. Well, what's interesting about that is he actually had the first roast in history that was done for a fictional character. They didn't do a roast for Dan. <laughs> yeah. They did a roast for yeah. Larry the Cable Guy. And I found yeah. that very entertaining. Well, Greg, the first thing I saw, ever saw you on was one of Rodney Dangerfield's HBO specials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, was that... Was he that had a, a Young Comedians uh, special that he did every year on HBO. Yeah, and... And, and uh, he... Um, he knew me from the improv. I'd run into him many, many times, and so then he was looking around, and he came into some other club that I was performing at, and he he had seen me, but I hadn't done the Punk Magician, so when he saw me do the Punk Magician, he was like, oh, that's great. I want that on the show, and it turned out to be one of the biggest uh, hits on their HBO show that they've had, and then I got a bunch of other deals based on that spot, so it was quite a a good little boost for my comedy career to be on that yeah. show. And that was, that's been a while ago. I got to tell you, I was at a class reunion last summer in Ohio and I'm not making this up. Two guys I went to school with, I could hear them talking over across from me and they were doing the punk magician. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. 
2015, the guys in Ohio were still, and I said, I said, hey, you know, I know that guy. So I was suddenly, the, I'm suddenly the cool guy in my class. Uh, yeah, know, thirty years you know, later, I get, when when people see me now and I do it, uh, they go, "Oh my God, I was like ten years old when I saw you on HBO do that bit." And like, you know, now I'm married with kids, and I'm like, "Oh, great, hey, that's great." But, <laughs> but memorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you Very see it. You never okay. Wait, it. wait, wait, wait. Sure. What is a punk magician? Why do I feel out the of place? A punk magician is like a British punk rocker who does magic. He's like a magician, but he acts like a he's like a British, like one of the Rude Boys or, you know, one of the Sex Pistols. You know, it's oh, all about, I, well, F you, I'm fooling you, and you don't like it. Yeah. You know, and all of his tricks are sort of an assault on the audience. <laughs> so uh, it's a big, uh, a big YouTube video that's been up for a long time. That's uh, from that spot. I'll have to check out the Punk Magician. That sounds. I will. Sounds I will. Share, Summer, I'll send it to you. It's awesome. I've sent it to several. I send it every once in a while. I sent it to my brother because my brother and I actually quoted that for years and years and years. <laughs> We're always See, saying, now, "I'm fooling you." Check you it out. Feel out of the loop. Well. You know, and I would go and work uh, a club for a whole week, and then the wait staff would continue to say that after I left. And, uh, of course, the managers hated me because of it. So uh, sometimes it could interfere with me being brought back at a certain time. Because <laughs> the wait staff, no, they just like, they could get away with telling the manager, F you, you know. I didn't like that too much. <laughs> no, I'm just doing the punk magician, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. And, and Rodney invited you back. You played. Yeah. You, you yeah. actually acted act, uh, after that. No, we got along great. He really liked me, and uh, you know, we hung out a little bit. And um, he was very cool. And so uh, I came back and played like an um, agent in the next uh, special that he did, and. Uh, and then he brought me in for a cartoon voice on something that he did, I think a TV thing that he did on, uh, I don't know what it was. but uh, Was, it, Rove, was it the animated film he did? It was an animated, film animated called thing, Rover yeah. Danger film. yeah. Maybe that was it, yeah. 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 But, well, uh, what I, was it like to work with somebody like Rodney Dangerfield? I was fine. He's professional and, uh, you know, very cool and... He liked his pot. He smoked pot all the time. And, uh, Good. You know, he just, uh, no, he he's great. He, he's a great, great he, guy, he and he joked around he, a lot. Liked, I used to see him when I was work. Hello? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he, uh, he used to hang out at this one hotel in Vegas. Wherever he was playing, He would, in the afternoon, he would come over to this it was kind of off the strip, and it had a nice pool and a and a wet area or spa area that he liked. And so I happened to be staying there one time with a bunch of friends, and uh, and there he was. He showed up, and so he hung out for a little bit and chatted with us. And uh, yeah, he was a great guy. He was really fun to be with. And, and uh, when really you say cool. hung out, he sat he... there with our group for at least a half an hour. Which he didn't have to do, and uh-huh. uh, you know he was very uh, open to meeting people and very open to you know fans of his. And you know some performers are not. You know some performers are kind of they don't want to be bothered. But he was very cool with normal people, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. and that makes a big difference. We actually have yeah. one minute to a break, 
So when we okay. get back, I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions, how you got into entertainment, why you got into entertainment, your best and worst experiences, and the most horrible thing you have seen or experienced while being in entertainment. But okay. while we're here, I'm going to say Rodney Dangerfield really, really is a classic, and it is amazing that you got to work with him. It really, truly is. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Guys, I'm Summer Helene. You're on with Behind the Scenes. John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me, Greg Travis, who has worked with everyone and everything by the sound of it. We're going to get a little more in-depth with him when we come back after the break. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Guys, before we get back to Craig and to John and to everything you guys have fun with, I have to give a quick shout out. Um, We just finished shooting a television show and we had great support from Smashbox, from Arrowhead Water, Auntie Annals, Annie's, Annie's Pretzels, Panda Express, Domino's Pizza, Nothing Bunt Cakes. Guys, thank you so, so much for helping us out on that shoot. You were fantastic. 
One thing I always tell everyone, if you're shooting a movie, use a lot of product placement because that it helps. It, it saves you so much on budget and makes things easier. We're going to ask a couple of questions. If you get it right during the show, you can win uh, free rides at off-road rentals. You can get a, a facial magic kit, which, which makes you look younger and fantastic. I've been using these things and it actually works and I am lazy as hell with my skincare and it works wonderfully. So you can win a ride at off-road rentals or you can win a kit from Facial Magic. And Facial Magic, actually my friend Cindy Honeg that comes on the show every so often from Pure PR, it's, uh, this is one of her clients and she give, it's really, really great stuff. And I have a note here that says, go to Griggs Vacuums because it is my assistant's grandfather. Even though he didn't do anything on the last TV show, you should go there because Alexa says so. So that, that is the note, the note at the bottom of my thank you to the sponsors on my TV show. It's, it says go to Alexis's grandfather's vacuum shop in Colorado. So if you have a vacuum and you're in Colorado, go there. We are on <laughs> with – it's brilliant. My sister, like every week, she sticks her, she sticks her grandpa into the people that – the things that we're giving away and the things that we're doing. <laughs> she always sticks her grandpa in there and I find it wonderful. We are on with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me, and Greg Travis. And we were talking about some horror stories, some fun stories, how to get into Hollywood and what you think. Greg, I'm going to ask you, what advice would you have to people getting into the entertainment industry? What, what is the first step? Well, um, I mean, I came out here when I was 19 and went to film school. And while I was going to film school, I was auditioning as a stand-up comedian. I had done it a couple of times back in Dallas, but I hadn't really gotten into it that much. And so I was, you know, just fascinated by it and a big fan of stand-up comedians. And when I went up and I started getting laughs and started doing audition nights, it, it kind of, you know, worked. And I, six months later, I got a little TV show and uh, that sort of launched my career. So I would just say focus in on one thing and do that and see if it works for you and, uh, you know, give it a couple of years. Don't just give it a couple of months, but uh, give it a little time um, and try to focus on one thing at a time, you know, whether it's acting or singing or whatever it is. Just, you know, focus on that one thing and see how far you can get with it, you know. I, I think that's really good advice. Your into that because sometimes a lot of people get dispersed and actors want to sing, they want to, they want to dance, they want to do all these different things, and they're not focused in on one particular aspect of the business. And I think that's key to that, making a, a niche in the marketplace You know, with I, your talent. I have to agree with you there. When I get scripts in, I get them from the, guy, the writer, director, producer, star. I can tell mm -hmm. you I am not taking that script. As mm -hmm. soon as I have yeah. one name that says these are the four, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that script. I, everyone I know at every studio turns it down on those grounds. Mm -hmm. um, we, getting that niche become, you know the expression, jack of all trades, master of none. In Hollywood, you've got to master one. I, I like your answer. That was a wonderful answer. But before the break, mm -hmm. However, I, I must answer. admit that I did do that on one movie that I made called Midlife a couple of years ago. I was the writer, director, and star of the movie. Uh, we did a lot of improv. It was loosely scripted, so I let the actors... I brought in a lot of talented actors who were very good at improv, and I said, okay, this is the perimeter. Just say what your character would say. 
Well, so they felt like they had a lot more creativity involved in the project see, than just saying the lines on the script. I, it's one thing for you to do it. If you do it, if Quentin Tarantino does it, if somebody with backing and a name does it, or Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie, I'm going to have a look at the script. For people sure. coming into Hollywood, I'm not looking. Right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it can go horribly wrong. That's true. <laughs> I just, uh, I did it because I wanted to do this particular movie in a certain time frame, and I didn't have a lot of time to, uh, you know, look around for a lot of other people. So I just did it all myself. And actually it worked out pretty good. It's on iTunes and a lot of the other, um, you know, VOD mediums. And so, uh, you know, it's got uh, a website, um, midlifemovie.com is where the website is but well guys if you're looking um, for something fun something with a bunch of improv check out midlifemovie.com the thing about it is a lot of like newbies they they try to do a film because they say well I can't get hired as an actor maybe I'll do my own film and that'll get me some notice but the problem is they're not a trained director and they're not a trained writer they're an actor and so they try to learn these things Instead of getting actors and directors to work with them and to make a film together, it uh, might be a better way to go than to try to learn it quickly and do it yourself because it's just going to come off amateurish at best, you know. Uh, well, I, I absolutely agree. And I think people forget a lot of the time that Hollywood is a collaboration. It mm-hmm. really is. It's a collab, you know, it's, it's film is a collaborative sport. Everyone has their job and everyone knows their job. We're all perfect cogs that can be picked up from one set and dropped on another. That's how we all keep working all year. You can be picked up from one, dropped on another. Everyone knows their job and moves in sync. It's when you... And, you know, it's a lot of like being professional and, uh, you know, trying to find some good acting teachers to work with and get into the uh, good classes and do the work and learn and that will start creating a word of mouth. And also you can send casting director stuff yourself. Um, you know, you don't have to have it always go through a manager or an agent. You can make uh, direct contact with them and let them know you're out there, you know, and that sure. helps sometimes too. It's very, very true. I find it, um, I, I, liked your, I liked your answer actually during the break to that question um, <laughs> because it does feel a little bit like that. Um, dur- during the break we were talking and I, I warned him I was going to ask him this question and his first comment was well you sell your soul to the devil and <laughs> I, I have to say it, it is a little bit like that you know the, the Hollywood machine but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's great people you work with and it's a very small place and it's true word of mouth makes a big difference relationships make a big difference who you know is going to get you where you're going so you've got to yeah. have those good relationships um, now, now, I, what was your best experience in Hollywood and what was your worst experience? I've got to ask you these two questions. Um, best was probably, um, you know, just, I don't know, there wasn't one particular best, but I mean, certain shows that I did at the Improv where I had, uh, you know, Steve Martin there and uh, certain big celebrities there that that patted me on the back, and you know Tom Hanks was really blown away by one of my shows. Who was there one time, and just different shows that I did at the Improv um, all those years, um, and and big people were really impressed with my 
with my comedy uh, was, you know, reconfirm it, uh, you know, affirm, uh, an affirmation that I was on the right track and that I was, you know, really doing the right thing and that I was making it work, you know. So that was, the, that really tickled me and that was probably the best. Some of the worst was also being out there on the road, like I opened for Cher one time and we were 45 minutes late setting up the show and we were in a big amphitheater, and they threw me out there without an introduction. And, of course, the audience didn't want to see me. They wanted to see Cher. Yeah. And so they started booing the minute I went out there, and I had nowhere to go. And so I started doing the punk magician. Now they're really booing. And so <laughs> all they see is a, a little guy with a green wig yelling, fuck you. And so <laughs> they went nuts booing. And so I said, I'm not leaving until everybody boos. And so then I got the whole 20,000 people booing me all at the same time. And then I slammed the microphone down and walked off. And everybody was really worried about me if I was okay and everything. And then come to find out CNN was there that night. Oh, and they did a story on the opening comedian getting booed <laughs> off stage. <laughs> so you just never know. I mean, it was just well, How do you come like, back from that? I mean, emotionally, that would be a rough one. Yeah, it was, but I, I I made a few changes in my show and did a few different things that so what I corrected the issue and the problem so that that would never happen again. Um, you know, you have to adjust, and uh, you know, figuring out how to work in those twenty thousand seat arenas was quite an ordeal uh, for uh, you know an opening comedy act. It's a little bit tricky, so I did some adjusting and and made sure that that didn't happen again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, most of my shows went fabulously because I, you know, I had honed my act and I knew what I was doing and I could connect with an audience in a really easy way and they seemed to like me and everything. So, for the most part, all the club shows and pretty much, I mean, I had a few, you know, drunks in the audience and you get a few hecklers and you get a few weird crowds from time to time. But for the most part, people are there to laugh and they want to have a good time. And if you give them that, if you don't give them too hard a time, they'll go along with you, you know. What was but, the, best, um, the best fan experience you ever had? The what now? The best fan experience. Oh, wow. Um, I did a show which was a, like a new show, and I did it in Cleveland as a tryout performance. It was the roughest audience they didn't like any of it. They 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 really didn't like the new material, and the, the, I was doing a lot of characters with costume changes and all sorts of stuff. And two girls waited for me outside my dressing room after it was over to tell me how much they liked it. And it was such a devastating blow because I, you know, was trying out this new show and I wanted it to work really badly. And the audience was so mean to me and they were so horrible. I, you know, I was just in a mess. I was in a total state of just rejection and felt like hell. And these sweet little girls waited outside my dressing room to to tell me how much they liked it. And that sort of turned it around for me and made me realize maybe it will work, you know. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was really sweet. That is very, very sweet, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're talking a lot about Greg's stand-up, but I, I, I always tell Greg, I said, he's got this great acting resume because he's been killed by the humanoids from Humanoids from the Deep, 
he got his <laughs> neck chewed out on one of the Night of the Living Dead remakes, and he got yeah. ripped in half by a big bug in Starship Troopers. Yeah. So he's yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's actually so. It's uh, you, you've got the uh, what? What is it? It was the uh, same as the Bean Fellow. Everyone's waiting for you to die. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had some great death scenes. And what was the toolbox murders? I got my spine cut with a cable cutter. He cut me with a. He was the killer that used different tools because you know he was uh, like a repairman or something. And so he cut my spine with a big cable cutter. And uh, that was a pretty good death scene where I got to writhe and jump around like I was being electrocuted. And Toby Hooper really thought that was something. I was just, you know, doing it as as silly and comedically as I possibly could, jumping around like a three-year-old kid. And he was like, oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And Toby Hooper, who did Texas, <laughs> and he Game loved it. I was just being funny and you know silly, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's really that's scary." Yeah. <laughs> you never know how something's going to turn out, I guys. Know, we have I one know. minute until break. When we and get back, and of course, back. on the Starship Troopers, they almost killed me. They had me strapped into this big electronic bug. And so I was bolted into it, and they were, it was like a robotic thing that they was sort of shaking me from left to right and up and down and all around, and they almost ran my head into a rock formation. And so they stopped it, and they took me off of it, and they took a break and everything. And then later on at the rap party, I was like, what happened on that deal? And they got like, oh, we almost killed you, man. We almost rammed your head into this rock formation. Oh, my like, God. Oh, gee, you didn't mention it at the time. They didn't say anything when we were doing that. But I knew something was wrong. I knew something almost happened that was weird because they took a big break and got me off of it. And, you know, we're all freaked out. <laughs> I didn't, they didn't ever it. tell me that they almost... They almost my head. But, right, well, uh, yeah, it's a little dangerous from time to time, but you just got to be really careful and kind of make sure that they're doing everything the way they should. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're about ready to go to a break again. We, we are. We have to go to break. When we get back, we're going to talk about what you're doing now. I, I love okay. that you almost got killed on Starship Troopers. That was a fantastic <laughs> movie. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Greg Travis. We are on with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me. This is Behind the Scenes. We will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Okay, guys, today's question is very, very simple. We talked about it in the last segment. Tell me what show, what movie Greg Travis accidentally almost got killed on and you can win rides at off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California or a facial magic kit. So go to Summer Helene on Facebook or go to Behind the Scenes, either one. Send an email. Don't post it on the wall. Send an email. Tell me, what movie did he almost get killed on? I'm going to ask you right now. We're back with John Kessner. We are back with Greg Travis. I'm Summer Helene, and we are going to talk and a little Summer, bit. And Summer, we, we all like you much better than we like John. Trust me on that. I like that. The audience doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> the audience, the audience actually likes John better, and no, I, I no. don't know if it's, they, they do. They really. might say that, but, but I don't. I don't know how that she they determined don't, that. No. Yeah, no, they, they don't know they, John they well enough it. to like him better than you, Summer. Believe me, they, oh, well, they, 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 they don't right know what they're talking yet, about, Summer. I can turn this all around. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will get to those questions, but where <laughs> I want to go right now is I want to talk a little bit to Greg about what he has going on now. Then we're going to ask for some raunchy Hollywood stories. But first, what do you have going on right now? What are you doing now? Well, I, uh, as a filmmaker, I made a film back in the uh, mid-'80s called Dark Seduction. And uh, I did it with a partner, Steve Bouchard, and we tried to finish it the best we could. And we ran out of money and time and had to move on and, uh, and sort of let it lay for a while. And then it got lost for about 10 years with a negative cutter. And finally, I had a psychic tell me that it was in his garage in a little cabinet in the corner. And so I had him go back and check one more time. And lo and behold, that's where all the footage was found. So the psychic so, was right. Uh, the the yeah, psychic, okay, the psychic well, first was right. Tana Marie Richards. I know, Marie everybody Richards? wants to know who she is, and that's who she is, Tana Marie <laughs> Richards. And uh, she's been a longtime friend of mine. But uh, she saved the day. And uh, got all the footage back and was able to finish it up last year. And so now we're, we're getting it out. And it's a really cool detective vampire film uh, about two female vampires sort of terrorizing Hollywood. And a tough 1940s-style detective is hot on their trail and trying to find them. And um, it's a black-and-white uh, film noir and uh, it, it's been getting great reaction from the audience the times that I've shown it. But I'm having the world premiere uh, April 1st at the New Art Theater in Los Angeles uh, near Santa Monica on Santa Monica Boulevard. And so uh, it's going to be a midnight movie premiere as well. Ooh. And so, uh, yeah, we're, you know, tickets are uh, 10 or $11 and uh, 
we're inviting everyone to come out and join us uh, for this cool midnight movie premiere. All right, guys. And got, so and, and midnight got, movie uh, premiere. In... It's got Julie Brown appearing in it. Yeah, and Julie late, Brown, late and Robert Schimmel. Robert Schimmel. Yeah. Who is uh, was an Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona native, and yeah. um, All right. so was what really I'm going to do. And, yeah. I'm going to, when we get off of here, I'm going to secretly torment you and try and get you to give a couple of tickets away on the show in, when okay. we get closer to time. And I'll talk, I, I'm going, I promise to the audience, I will torture him into at least giving away a couple of tickets. Okay. Um, and you guys have to go check this out. That's, it sounds like a really cool movie. It sounds kind of oh, sexy, cool. kind of hot. So we have about four minutes to close. I'm going to ask you. We've got this really sexy movie coming out. Let's move in a sexy mm-hmm. direction. What was right. your most, what was the, the best experience you had or what is your weirdest Hollywood experience? Who, um, I think one of the weirdest was uh, I, went, I picked up a girl at like a rock and roll club one time and we... We slept over at my place, and when I woke up this, the next morning, I looked at her, and one of her ears was missing. And she only had one ear. And uh, it was kind of a David Lynch moment. And you um, just noticed it then? I just noticed it, it because her hair was covering her How ear. How much did that you have a, to drink the that night bad before? A, yeah, I didn't notice it the night before because <laughs> we were probably both a little drunk and... Uh, you know, it's darker, and, uh, you know, in the light of day, you go, whoa, she's missing an ear. Eh, yeah, it wasn't that bad a thing, but that uh, was kind of a strange David Lynchian moment. <laughs> now, was that before or after you actually worked with David Lynch? Oh, that was way before, way before. Way before. Yeah. Did you tell him about yeah. that? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't tell him about that. <laughs> no, I didn't have time to mention it uh, yeah, but there's been so many. God, I had a woman show up with her husband. We had had a little fling, and uh, oh, this is when I was doing stand-up on the road one time. I think it was in Austin. And she showed up to one of the shows with her husband and said, oh, yeah, 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 no, he doesn't care, you know, and wanted to hook <laughs> oh. up with me again. I was like, oh, my God, you know, what is he going to stand out? He's going to sit in the car in the parking lot? I mean, what I the buy. hell, you know? Well, here's my question. Did really, you do it? Yeah, it was really, really creepy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, well, that I, I have to give you that one. That is a very, that, that you've got to be a brave man for that experience. Yeah, I like the idea, and I put that in my movie Midlife, too, of like a, a woman in a relationship having a, uh, a one night stand with another guy while her husband or significant other is there. That's always fascinated me because that's happened to me a couple of times where you'll go back to some house or some apartment with somebody and their significant other is there, but yet they still want to have something with you. And it's like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, it's yeah, you you don't know in a very vulnerable position, you know. You know, I, I guess each to their own. We've had dominatrixes on the show. We've had all kinds of people on the mm-hmm. show, and everyone has their own kink. So God bless them. I, as long as everyone is a consenting adult, I suppose there's no problem with that. We have one minute until the show is over. Now tell okay. us, your, your premiere is in April, you said? It's April 1st at midnight at the New Art Theater in Santa Monica. 
on Santa and Monica promise, Boulevard. And you promise we're not going to all show up there and, and there's going to be no movie. This is not an April Fool's trip. Oh, no, no, no. This is no joke. The, the Facebook page is Dark Seduction on Facebook, and that gives all the information. And uh, I'm Greg Travis on Facebook. I've got two or three pages under my name on, the, on there as well. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to have uh, any and all people are welcome to come to see this. Uh, it's going to be the – it's hopefully going to be the next Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's what we're hoping. We love it. Because okay. it's a very so. cool, unique uh, lesbian vampire midnight movie. Yeah. All right. We have got 30 seconds left. I'm going to say – Thank you, Greg Travis. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank, thank you, you very Summer. much again, John. I'll see you next week. Greg, thank you again. Check out his lesbian horror vampire show. I'm definitely going to be there because I'm going to check it out, and I know John will be there too. Guys, thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. We will see you next week. Remember, if you want to make it in Hollywood, go big or go home. Make sure you make friends, and you don't have to do anything you don't want to. And if you want to go home with somebody that's already got someone there, I guess that's fun too. Thank you very much for joining us this week on Behind the Scenes. I'll see you next week. Good night, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.